0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app.
1: Mike Smith in for Simi as we continue to brace for this big announcement coming up on ICBC. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour, so just about five minutes from now. Keep it locked right here for that. A lot of speculation. The government could announce no-fault auto insurance for British Columbia. So the way that works is if you're in an accident, uh, there's no more finding a fault of who is responsible for, for the accident in terms of the payouts and compensation. So let's say you're injured in an auto accident. They would go to a preset chart showing how much you would get paid. And you can bet if the government does this, they will say the payouts will be very generous. But the lawyers are going to be mad as hell. Maybe some disability groups might be worried about it too. So here's your hot question today. Should BC adopt no fault auto insurance? Would you say yes? Cut those greedy lawyers out of there. Or would you say no? I don't trust ICBC. I still want my lawyer and my and the ability to go to court. At CKNW on Twitter is where you're going to find this today. At CKNW on Twitter, give me a follow while you were there, please, at Mike Smith News, S M Y T H at Mike Smith News on Twitter. I'll retweet the hot question there. Phone me on the Buzz line today. Tell me what you think about no-fault auto insurance. 604-331-BUZZ is the number. 604-331-2899. And send me an email to Mike at CKNW.com. Mike Smith in for semi as we continue talking about the breaking news at this hour now as the government announces uh, no-fault auto insurance for British Columbia. The bottom line, the government says they're going to cut the lawyers out of the equation here largely. Uh, It will result in savings to ICBC, which they say they will pass on to you. They don't have to pay all those lawyers anymore. So that means that you would get a rate cut on your ICBC Premiums and the government saying they will increase the benefits that you would receive if you are injured in an auto accident. That's how they're going to sell this. Yeah, big changes at ICBC. Yeah, that is an understatement. Let's check in with Keith Baldry now, who's been covering this for Global News. Keith, thanks a lot for coming in. Good to be here for so So the government doesn't want to call this uh, no-fault no. insurance. They don't want to use that language. They call this enhanced coverage or enhanced care. Yes, is what they I,
2: call. I, I, the news conference is still ongoing. I just left there. David Eby, just as I was leaving, David Eby, the Attorney General, said, I know some of you are going to call this no-fault insurance, but it's not no-fault because someone will be at fault in these accidents. No-fault is a misnomer. It is uh, referred to uh, in other systems as no-fault, but the, the big characteristic of what's called no-fault insurance isn't so much about fault, it's about the fact you cannot sue the other driver unless that driver was convicted of impaired driving or or dangerous driving in th- that led to the collision that you have. Right. So that's the big thing. You're right. This is chiefly aimed at taking the lawyers out of the equation oh, yeah. and taking the steadily rising legal costs out of ICBC's bottom line. They attribute legal costs to be more than a billion dollars a year. Um, a lot of that is going to disappear. And you're right. They're going to try to sell this uh, by using the figure $400 the average saving to your premium. It kicks in May, tw- uh, 2021. So it's not going to happen for a while. Uh, Uh, But, uh, no, this is the biggest change uh, to auto insurance in the history of ICBC.
1: Yeah, for sure. And the government's saying that you're going to start seeing some benefits right away. So they're saying that this year's rate hike will be zero. Zero. Zero percent. So, you know, people got to love that. You know, we were bracing for another big rate hike Mm -hmm. here. He's saying that's not going to happen. And then next year, he's saying... That the rates start going the other way. You get a rate cut, so your auto insurance premiums will go down. That,
2: that's rapidly. what they're claiming, and that's on average, an average yeah. decline of $400 starting next year. Uh, but uh, rate freezes, uh, you go back to the 90s when the the NDP tried to do this in 1997, and it fell apart oh, because of strong opposition from the disability community and from the trial lawyers who had a very well-funded, well-organized campaign. I expect the lawyers here to go ballistic again of in course. the face of this, but I have to tell you the presentation we got from ICE. CBC and from government officials today, far more detailed uh, and uh, I think more well thought out than what we saw in '97. We really didn't get a lot of details in '97. Nobody really knew what we were talking about because no fault didn't really exist in provinces, most provinces in 1997. It was a new animal. Well, no fault insurance has been in play in Saskatchewan now for years, and they have some of the lowest insurance premiums in the country. So uh, the government today able to say, well, we looked at Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Look at they're paying less than we are in BC. So we're we're going to go their way. They were were able to do that in 97. So I think they're going to yeah. have a better success selling this today than they well, did uh, I, back then.
1: I remember covering the no-fault debate back in the yeah. 90s again. It was another NDP government. And you're right. I mean, the, the trial lawyers were mad as hell, obviously, and they will be again. But I think the key one was, as you mentioned, it was the backlash from disabled groups in British Columbia, people who represent people who got brain injuries or mm-hmm. uh, rendered paraplegic in, in terrible car accidents. And they were mad as hell about uh, the prospect of no-fault insurance in B.C., and I remember rallies where people in wheelchairs were protesting against the government, and the government backed down, and they folded right away. And it was interesting. This time, time they seem to be rolling it out smarter.
2: Oh, I think so. And it was interesting, on hand today at the news, at uh, at, uh, our briefing was uh, Joy McPhail, the former uh, cabinet minister, who was a cabinet minister in the 1990s NDP government, now the chair of the ICBC, board, and her and I were having a conversation, what's different since then? Um, And she points out that uh, no fault was really an unknown animal back in the 90s. They didn't really figure out how to sell it to people, and they were taken advantage. uh, I think they were beaten to the punch by a very well-organized campaign by the trial lawyers who enlisted the help of the disability associations. And you're right, there was demonstrations of people in wheelchairs. What's different also about today's model, now the the, uh, maximum payout is $7.5 million, and it's a lifetime payment rather than a one-time some. So I think they've addressed some of the fears that were there in 1997.
1: Right. I mean, this is for people who are saying to themselves, wow, what if I'm injured in an an auto accident? Now I can't sue? Well, yeah, the government is saying it's okay because we're going to increase the benefits that are available to you. And they released a very detailed chart Mm -hmm. of accidents benefits. You mentioned for medical and rehab, if you suffer a, a catastrophic or serious injury, Maximum payout of $7.5 million, as as you mentioned. Now, that's the maximum limit, okay? Obviously, everyone doesn't get something like that. We're talking about a catastrophic injury. But then there are new classes of uh, personal assistance expenses in a serious injury, uh, travel and accommodation, extended catastrophic benefits for personal care assistance, income replacement, which they are increasing. If you're off work from an auto accident, they would increase your... um, temporary payments that you'd you'd be on your income replacement so the government kind of sweetening the pot here saying like if you are injured we're going to take care of you yeah you won't be able to sue but you're going to be better off anyway. Well, Plus, you're going to get cheaper car insurance at the same time.
2: They, they created, I think, about nine different new categories for uh, coverage in terms of uh, accident benefits. Uh, recreational travel accommodation, extended catastrophic benefits, uh, caregiver weekly indemnity is, is new, uh, extended catastrophic benefits is new, permanent impairment, uh, care expenses reimbursement is new, family business is new, and they have dollar amounts attached to it. Uh, even missing school time is uh is Yeah, uh, if you, yeah,
1: if you for- miss school, they'll pay you for that. If you miss school from an auto accident, grief counseling uh, payments available, yes. also new. So all these new sort of categories of care and benefits that you'd receive if you are injured in an auto accident, is this going to be enough for the government to sell this to the public?
2: I think so because I think I C B C right now is not seen as a in particularly positive light and I think uh, when you make a big change like this the status quo is not acceptable to many people. A lot of people have, you know, their own personal stories of dealing with I C B C that aren't necessarily positive ones.
1: But this, how do they trust I C B C now though? I mean if they don't trust I C B C to start, well that's now what I go- mean. I, now I the government saying well, you can trust us now because we're gonna be better.
2: Well I think nothing speaks better than a rate cut. If you can yeah. cut if you can cut someone's rates by four hundred dollars, if that's really going to happen, I think people will sit up and take notice. The NDP, uh, one of the reasons they got elected in 96, even though it was sort of, uh, they got fewer votes than the Liberals, is Glenn Clark famously froze ICBC rates and hydro rates back then. It was an election ploy, but he kept the freeze in place for a number of years, and it was popular.
1: Is this a broken promise from the NDP, though? They said they wouldn't do this.
2: David Eby, I think I have him on record as saying January 2018, we're not going uh, to do it. it. Uh, I'm going to go back to the news conference soon. I'm going to ask him if this is such a good idea. Why did Why didn't you do it sooner? Because uh, the presentation we got today very much accentuated the positive aspects of this, nothing negative about it. But it does beg the question, if it's
1: so great, why didn't you act sooner than this? What did the liberals say now? I mean, is it, are the Liberals in a tough spot on this? I mean, they what are, are. they going to say to this?
2: They are in a tough spot, uh, but as long as the, as, the longer the NDP is in power, the more they wear the ICBC problem. It's not so much the Liberal problem, but the Liberals have been, I think, uh, rightly targeting ICBC as a ploy to beat the NDP over the head. I think they can still continue to do that, but I think this will make it tougher for them to do it. I'm not sure what the the counter response okay. the Liberals is going to be.
1: Let's go to your phone calls, George in Coquitlam. Hi.
3: Hey, listen, guys, I can tell you personal experience. Four years' case was hit as a pedestrian uh, company in the North Shore called Pettit and Company. They raped me completely. They were hired by ICBC. I had a law firm in Coquitlam, a great firm. Drysdale and company, anyways, what, what happened was the lawyers got 50% of my six-figure uh, 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 bill, but they, they spent so much money, meeting of discovery three times, petitioning me to Supreme Court. So
1: what, what do you think about no-fault insurance?
3: It's the best thing coming. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because yeah. for drivers and taxpayers, it's going to bring it down. I'm originally from Manitoba. My car insurance was low, and we had great coverage. This is the great okay. thing. I'm a Liberal fan. I'm not an NDP, but today I take my hats off to the NDP. This should have came because the only people, Mike, that got rich, the only, yeah. and I still have uh, uh, physical problems, are the lawyers, and mm-hmm. they don't yeah. care. They're, yeah. they're cutthroat. They t- got half of my money, And I'd had a year off work, and I haven't made up for the losses. So uh, all the better.
1: Okay, jar, good luck in your continuing recovery there. This is kind of music to E.B.'s ears here to hear a reaction oh, like this. To hear a
2: reaction like that. Now, yeah. there are other people with stories of how difficult it is to deal with ICBC. Well, to
1: get, yeah, what, I mean, there's, there's horror stories on both sides of it. Yeah, you
2: know? but uh, the caller's right. He used to figure 50% of his uh, settlement went to lawyers. Uh, the figures ICBC gave us today is that on average 25 to 33% of your right. settlement
3: goes that's to lawyers. That's the typical
1: cut yeah. that the lawyers And that's, take. that's now going to be gone. Ross in New West, hi.
3: Hi, thanks for having me on. Uh sure. I've affectionately I've been around since ICBC was started uh, way back with Pat McGear and stick in his ear and such. And I affectionately call the Moscow mutual. But I, I echo what the last caller said. The lawyers will say, oh, we'll give you, you know, we're only going to take 30 percent. And then
4: they'll hand you a bill for an extra 40 percent for their office and administration. So the lawyers deserve what they get on this one.
2: Well, you're going to have the head of the trial lawyers on soon. You're right. They're going to be breathing fire because they're the big losers here.
1: The trial lawyers will say, don't trust ICBC. Mm -hmm. They're going to try and lowball you. They're going to cheat you. Whenever the government says, just take some money, you don't need to hire a lawyer, the alarm bell should start going off, and that's the time when you should be calling the, lo- the law- lawyer's office. Well, that's, so that's, that's what the lawyers are going to say. That's one
2: of the TV ads that's running right now. I mean, we see a lot more advertising from lawyers in oh. recent years, uh, which we never saw back in the 90s, uh, but this is a new phenomenon, is uh, the lawyers advertising about how terrible ICBC is, because I think they saw this coming. Kevin in Vancouver,
1: hi.
4: Hey, I just want to say, I think this is great. As long as they actually follow through with that $400 rate cut, at least Mm -hmm. if I'm in an accident, I'm going to know what I'm going to get or at least have a better chance of getting a payment. If I've got a bad lawyer, I'm screwed. And so I I think this is
1: really, really good. I, I think thanks for the call. That rate cut. Is a real selling point too. Now that won't kick in until next year, no. right? They'll say, "Look, cut your. ICBC Conveniently, rate just next
2: before year. the next provincial election. <laughs> oh, you and I God. differ on this of the next election. I know you keep pushing the early election. This is another reason why I think the election is going to be in the fall of 2021 because that's after the new rate structure takes effect. But you
1: know effect. what? Even if the dominoes fall and there's somehow an election this year, I think this is an issue that Horgan be willing to run on, especially yep. if the Liberals go against it. You know, so I mean, I think this is a, a potentially a wedge issue that the NDP are going to like. But I think the caller is right. Like, you know, show me the money. Mm-hmm. You know, if you turn around and you cut my ICBC next week, next year, that is by twenty percent, cash money in my hand. Hey, well, show me the money, but also like show me that you're not you, you are settling
2: equitably with people and fairly with people. Yeah. That's that's another challenge ICBC has to demonstrate in, under the new
1: structure. Ken in South Surrey. How you doing? I I'm not a
3: big NDP supporter, but I sure agree with them on this. They scored some browdy points with me on this one. I've, I've had friends who've collected money. They were virtually uninjured, and yet they got sharp lawyers, and they got some serious coin out of ICBC. And I thought to myself, somebody's paying for that. Like, yeah, well, the great ra- 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 payers you know?
2: are paying for it Because, the, the, again, the graphs we got today Legal costs have just spiked enormously the last decade And it's the lawyers making money So this this was inevitable, I think da- David Eby's been signaling Even though he's been denying he's going to go to no fault He's been signaling since day one He wanted to t- attack the legal cost, And that means attacking the lawyers And that means going no fault
1: I have four callers in a row there That like the, what the government's doing here So the government's going to love that Shim in Langley, hi
4: Hey, uh, good morning, sir. Uh, I was just going to ask you, what. how is our ICBC rate compared to other provinces right now?
1: Well, Keith, they, they did go over that in the in the lockup. They, they say that the average ICBC premium right now is about 1900 bucks yeah. and they're saying that it will go down next year to an average of 1,500 under this plan. And they say that's about middle of the pack among insurance companies, uh, insurance coverage across the country compared to other provinces. But you know what? It's one of those things where the private insurance companies can spin their own numbers and they'll say that we're getting ripped off. I mean,
2: there's lots of apples and oranges. Uh, The Insurance Bureau and David E. B. have gone toe to toe on this, comparing driving uh, insurance rates across the country. It is clear, though, from what everything I can tell, Saskatchewan and Manitoba have amongst the lowest rates and they both have no fault.
1: They got no no fault. Let's go to Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey there. How are you, Mike? I'm good. Go ahead.
5: Good. Uh, It's my understanding in the past that ICBC employees got bonuses based on how much they gave out to uh, injured people, and et cetera. Uh, is that going to change? Is uh, are the bonus structures at ICBC going to change?
1: Well, you know, When we talk to the uh, the head of the Trial Lawyers Association, they're going to say that one of the problems we got here is ICBC. Has been lowballing people so that if you do get injured in an accident, they will offer you chump change to try and settle it cheap, and this is why people are lawyering up because ICBC has been treating people unfairly, and this is the reason so many cases are going to court, and it's ICBC's fault. That's going to be the argument mm-hmm. from the trial lawyers. Uh, I don't know about I don't know about the bonuses though. Uh, let's take a squeeze one more call in, Gary. Hi, Gary.
4: Yeah, uh, probably down for no fault. Uh, for years, we've been taken taking granted, uh, paying all this uh, money to lawyers, and I uh, think right. we've got to be tired of it.
1: Thanks for the call. A lot of support here for No Fault Insurance, Keith. I haven't heard
2: any negative comments about it yet, but again, proof's in the pudding. Let's, let's wait yeah. six months, or when this
1: takes effect in May, let's six months after that see what happens. Thanks for coming in. All right. This is Mike Smith filling in for Simi as we continue to cover the breaking story this morning as the B.C. government announces a move to no-fault auto insurance. Uh, the government says they will increase benefits for people injured in an auto accident. They will also reduce your ICBC premiums with the savings that are accrued by cutting the lawyers out of the equation here at ICBC. The lawyers are mad as hell. I just got a statement from the Trial Lawyers Association. I'll give you the highlights of that in a second. But first, have a listen to this. Here's Attorney General David Eby this morning.
6: Beyond helping families save money on insurance in a significant way, these cost savings will also help ICBC to dramatically increase care for anyone injured in a crash. The maximum medical care and recovery benefits will increase from $300,000 to at least $7.5 million. That's 24 times more care. And beyond that, wage replacement benefits will now be increased to a level 60% higher than today. If you're catastrophically injured, our new care-based model offers up to $250,000 in permanent impairment compensation. That's over and above the proposed $7.5 million in care. It replaces what is called a pain and suffering award under the current litigation system. All in all, we are significantly increasing care levels so drivers can have peace of mind that if they are injured, they will get the care they need for as long as they need it.
1: Okay, as Attorney General David Eby speaking this morning as the government announces no-fault auto insurance. Rates for your ICBC premiums will go down 20% on average next year, according to the government, as a result of this move. Uh, coverage and benefits for people injured in car crashes will go up. You will not be allowed to sue anymore, on, on, except in some limited cases. This cuts the lawyers out of the mix, and the lawyers are not Happy about it. Just got this statement from Sean Mitchell, the CEO of the Trial Lawyers Association of BC. Uh, they say this move will reward bad drivers and reduce the ability for injured and vulnerable British Columbians to receive a fair settlement when injured. That's from the Trial Lawyers Association. They'll be on the show a little later today to uh, respond to what's going on. But I think one of the critical communities here in this uh, changed insurance system are people who have disabilities, especially if they've been injured in a car crash and have suffered some serious injuries. So let's talk to them now. Justina Lowe is the executive director of the Disability Alliance of BC, and I'm very pleased to welcome her. Hi. Hi, Mike. How are you? Thank you for having me. It's it's my pleasure to have you here. What are your thoughts on the government's announcement on no-fault auto insurance?
0: Um, Well, we're glad that there's going to be increased care um, and supports and benefits for people who suffer accidents. As you mentioned, a lot of people with disabilities um, may have acquired their disability because of a motor vehicle accident. Um, So we just want to ensure that, yeah, that the regulations and the policies are in place so that people can easily access um, the $7.5 million that they're talking about.
1: Okay, did the government consult with you guys beforehand, before they brought this out? Did you know this was coming?
0: Um, DABC was informed of um, them making this decision, um, so we weren't consulted in the early phases. Um, but we will be consulting with them just to make sure that the right, uh, yeah, regulations and policies are in place.
1: Okay. When you take a first, all, well, obviously you're reacting to it, or just getting the information new. But when you take a look at the sort of schedule of uh, enhanced benefits that the government has announced here. As you mentioned, seven point five million—that's an extraordinary amount of money. That would be for medical and rehabilitation. That's the maximum proposed limit there, obviously. So that—that'd be for someone who's like suffers a, a you know a catastrophic injury, right?
0: Yes, that would be a maximum yeah. amount. Yeah. Um, but they said that that's available to everybody. So we'd want to just ensure that people um, who suffered any type of you know injury is able to access the support that they need be it in terms of physiotherapy, you know, anything and everything.
1: Yeah, and the government announcing some new categories of benefits here, including increased income replacement. So if you miss work from an auto accident, you'd have uh, increased uh, coverage there. Does does that sound good to you? I mean, does this all sound pretty good to you when you take a look at it? Yeah, so in terms
0: of those types of increased benefits, I think uh, we're excited to know that they're including more categories and they're making sure that people are fully supported. So it's not just about their physical well-being, as we're saying, and seeing an OT or a PT, but in terms of, yeah, income replacement and other things like that, um, we want to make sure that people are able to easily access all those types of benefits and supports.
1: In your experience, Justina, for someone who's injured in a car crash, do you typically hear a lot of complaints about ICBC and and the benefits they receive?
0: Well, I think it's pretty difficult to navigate the system. Um, So a lot of times they're not able to get all the benefits because there's either too much bureaucracy or there's bottlenecks or they need to fill out a lot of paperwork. Um, So those are the issues. So we want to make sure that um, that it's streamlined so that people who suffer an accident can very quickly get the support and help that they need, so that they can get back on their feet.
1: Speaking to Justina Lowe, she is the executive director of the Disability Alliance of BC. Um, what about, let's say, someone is injured in a car crash? It's obviously another driver's fault. You would now lose the ability to hire a lawyer and go to court to try and get the maximum amount of money. Do you have any concerns about not being able to hire a lawyer now?
0: Um, I think ICBC had mentioned that there are some cases when you can, um, you know, you can sue. um, So I'm guessing that that would be one of the resorts if it were to come to that. Um, If it was like an impaired driver or something, I would want to make sure that there is that opportunity.
1: That's right. The government did say there will be limited circumstances where you could still hire a lawyer. You could still go to court. And that would be a case where if the other driver is at fault and that driver is convicted of a crime, notably impaired driving or dangerous driving, you would still have the ability to hire a lawyer. Otherwise, you would not be able to hire a lawyer. Are you? Do you have any worries or concerns about that?
0: Um, I guess we'll have to see what happens, honestly. Um, yeah, we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, we just want to make sure that people who do suffer an accident are able to get the maximum amount of benefits and support that they need.
1: Right. For people who have suffered things like, let's say, a spinal cord injury, a brain injury. Uh, these are difficult, obviously, injuries to, to deal with for, in, in some cases, life changing and catastrophic injuries. What are the sort of the, the biggest needs that people have beyond sort of Im- immediate kind of primary care? What else do people need in their life?
0: Great question. People actually need a lot, as we said, not just in terms of the physical needs, but their housing probably needs to change as well. So they need accessible housing. They may need to find a different job. So they may need supports in terms of finding a different job, transportation, getting around the city. There's a lot of other things um, that come after just the immediate needs of, you know, the physical rehabilitation. So I'm glad that at least the government is thinking about all those and making sure that people get the full support and like holistic care that they need
1: okay the government announcing today that there will be a a consultation process here that unfolds starting this month presumably uh, the disability alliance of bc would be part of that consultation process are you are you satisfied or happy with what you heard what you've heard from the government so far in terms that look this is the plan but we're going to consult with you guys on the plan
0: Yes, I think that's a great way to move forward. It's just a plan at the moment. They know that there's a lot that needs to be done still, and DABC is happy to be a part of those consultations just to make sure that it's as streamlined as possible. And, yeah, there aren't bottlenecks and that people can access uh, the support that they need.
1: Thank you for coming on.
0: Of course. Thank you so much for having me.
7: People deserve lower rates. People deserve better care, and they deserve to be treated fairly. That's what Dave Barrett set out to do almost 50 years ago, and that's what a renewed ICBC can present to the people of British Columbia today.
1: All right, welcome back. Mike Smith in for Simi as BC announces no-fault auto insurance as we continue our coverage and analysis on this big story. Let's check in with Vancouver Sun columnist Rob Shaw now. Rob, thanks a lot for coming in. Thanks for having me on. Nice and close to the microphone there. Um, So give, give me your thoughts on this announcement.
8: Well, look, uh, it's a very complicated insurance announcement that for most people is going to boil down to the simple fact that next year, your rates go down 20%. And so it's an incredibly detailed, complicated thing that also happens to come with, as Mary Poppins put it, the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down, which is <laughs> $400 off your rates. Now, in the future, this is going to mean that you can't go to court uh, to sue in the case of most... Uh, accidents that happen unless it's uh, negligence, you know, criminal impairment, uh, some sort of manufacturing defect with your vehicle. Then you still could hire then a lawyer still, in, could, in those yeah. cases. But in right? other cases, there's going to yeah. be a schedule of payments yeah. set out by the government and ICBC and you will simply get that. So it boils down to this. The current system, you get a big lump sum pile of cash in court. And if you're seriously injured, you have to ration that out for the rest of your injury. The new system is going to give you payments up to $7.5 million over the course of your life if you need them. So in the case of a catastrophically injured person, they might get $10,000 a month for a care aid 24 hours a day uh, for the rest of their life and not have to kind of ration out an award settlement done years in the past, and a third of which goes to the lawyer who fought it for them in court. So that's kind of the main differences between these
1: systems. Okay, a fascinating announcement, and I think the let's talk about the cuts in ICBC premiums for a second. So the government announcing basically a rate freeze for this year. So the rate hike for this year for your ICBC will be 0%. And then presumably next year, you start to see your premiums go down, right? Yeah. So uh, wow. when, you,
8: when you look at the numbers ICBC put out today, they said um, we had a leaky ship at ICBC or a dumpster fire, depending on the metaphor you want to use. We put it out by capping pain and suffering claims for minor injuries, which came out a couple years ago. And ICBC now can afford to have no rate hike this yeah. year. Going forward, though, if the government did nothing, you were looking at a 36% rate hike over the next five years as ICPC faces this pressure on legal action, claims that increase, settlements that increase. And so government says by switching to no fault, instead of 36% rate increase, you're actually going to take all that money, somewhere in the realm of a billion or a billion and a half dollars in legal costs, and you're going to turn that into benefit payments, and that is going to be the money that uh, is used instead. so
1: that's the argument. Rob, thank you very much for coming in and just walking into the studio now, i very pleased to welcome David Eby, the Attorney General. Minister come on in here, have a, have a seat please. Thanks Mike. Thank you very much. David Eby, say, thank you Rob for coming in and <laughs> you, David Eby just sitting down here now, I uh, appreciate your time after uh, a big a, a big announcement here, can you, can you give it nice and t- close to the microphone here, can you just uh, basically sum up for British Columbians what's the main message you want them to hear for, out of this?
6: Um, These are uh, generational changes at ICBC that are going to have two big outcomes for British Columbians. One is uh, they will uh, reduce their rates uh, by on average about 20% or $400 a year. And the second piece is it will dramatically increase benefits uh, by about 24 times. And these reforms are based on real-world examples of Saskatchewan and Manitoba with public insurers. So we have confidence that uh, this will roll out as we expect.
1: Okay, the trial lawyers, I'll be speaking to the president of the Trial Lawyers Association here shortly, and they've already put out a statement saying this is a broken promise, that you guys are very clear earlier and on the record, I I believe you're clearly on the record on that you weren't going to do this, you weren't going to go to no-fault insurance, so what changed?
6: Well, the big change uh, for me was recognizing that uh, what we were doing, although we reduced ICBC's losses by about a billion dollars and we improved road safety by about 20,000 collisions a year, uh, that we were still looking at rate increases for British Columbians and British Columbians were really unhappy with how much they're paying for insurance. Uh, the only way forward that we could see that was credible, that would reduce rates and increase benefits, was to move to a system like this and get the legal costs out of the system. And uh, I think you have an indication of how much the legal costs are When I tell you that we're going to be able to reduce insurance rates by about 20% or $400 on average and increase benefits 24 times, that's how much is being spent right now. But we still need that accountability for ICBC. And if I didn't feel that we had accountability through three different levels of accountability, the Civil Resolution Tribunal, the Fairness Office, and the Ombudsperson, uh, then I couldn't have confidence in this. Uh, but we do have those things, and I think ICBC will okay. be held accountable.
1: You're you're looking at probably a big fight over this with the, with the trial lawyers who are already expressing dis- disappointment and and unhappiness and anger. So the Trial Lawyers Association has just put out a, a release. It says this move will re- reward bad drivers and reduce the ability for injured and vulnerable British Columbians to receive a fair settlement when injured. We just got a minute left, Minister. But what's your what's your response to that?
6: Well, actually, um, people who are criminally convicted uh, for impaired driving or reckless driving will still be able to be sued in court. Uh, people who cause collisions will still see their premiums go up. People who are not at fault in a collision will still see no impact from that. So bad drivers will still see consequences. Uh, good drivers will not uh, see their rates go up if someone else runs into them. Uh, and also, um, I think it's really important to note uh, that uh Trialers and lawyers and uh, have been taking about thirty percent of money intended for people's care through contingency fees, as well as thousands and thousands in terms of expert reports. That's money that was supposed to go to care, uh, and now we're putting it into care.
1: Thanks for coming in on a busy day. Appreciate it. You bet. This is Mike Smith filling in for Simi as we continue talking about the breaking news today. As BC moving to no fault auto insurance. That was the big announcement this morning from Premier John Horgan, also Attorney General David Eby, who was just my guest a moment ago in the studio. Here is Eby from the news conference this morning, citing examples of two other provinces that have moved to no fault.
6: Now, this might all sound too good to be true. An average 20% reduction in insurance rates and a 24 times increase in benefits. How is that possible? Well, the sad reality is that this reflects the overwhelming burden of legal costs and dramatically inflating court awards on our insurance system. These kinds of rates and these kinds of benefits are not a fantasy. They're the lived experience for many years of not one, but two different provinces with public insurers. One of these provinces applied for a rate decrease, the other has applied for 0% rate increases for many years. Their rates are low stable and their benefits exceptional.
1: All right, Attorney General David Eby speaking this morning there. And as you heard him describe it, there is this does sound too good to be true in a lot of cases Yes, they're going to dramatically increase the benefits that people receive if they're injured in a car accident. And meantime, they will reduce ICBC premiums on average by 20% next year. Let's check in now with one of the lawyers uh, who has uh, been an outspoken critic of no-fault insurance, Matthew Fahey. He's a lawyer with West Point Law Group. Matthew, thanks for coming in.
9: Thank, thank you for inviting me on.
1: Matthew, what's your response to what the government's doing here today?
9: Uh, from a purely economic standpoint, there may be savings on premiums, but there's more mm-hmm. at stake um, in terms of compensation. And noteworthy, um, David Eby talked about two different provinces. I didn't hear the whole press conference, so I don't know which ones he was referring to. However, I do know when uh, David Eby was speaking of a dumpster fire last year, I was reviewing the Globe and Mail articles and following what's going on in Ontario. And in fact, there's a huge debate there, and the responsible ministers are saying the same things, that their system, which is pure no-fault and has been since 1986, is bankrupt, and they're drastically reducing the benefits paid to injured people. So there may be initial savings in terms of premiums that the uh, ratepayers are paying, but there's more to this than simply saving money. There's also compensating victims of negligence.
1: Right, and the government's saying today, though, that they're going to increase
9: compensation for people who are injured in crashes. Are you buying that? Not for one moment. Um, I'm nearly 30 years um, representing accident victims. And in theory, it's great to say we're increasing benefits and we're going to be this uh, great socialist bureaucracy who's going to take care of everything. But the practical, everyday reality is that that does not occur insurance adjusters, are concerned about the bottom line, again, the economic perspective, instead of the taking care of people and rehabilitating people perspective. So in theory, yes. In practice, no, that does not occur. And the real problem with a no-fault scheme is if an injured party disagrees with the decision of the insurance company or an adjuster, there's absolutely no ability to challenge that.
1: Okay, I spoke earlier on the show today to Justina Lowe. She is the executive director of the Disability Alliance of BC. And I got to tell you that she, uh, Matthew, that she liked what she heard. She said that she she likes what she's seeing on these increased benefits for people who are injured in auto accidents, especially for people who suffer catastrophic injuries, and they'll be looking at dramatic increases in benefits. How do you fight back against something like that as a personal injury lawyer, if you've got the the main organization that rec- represents victims saying this is good?
9: Well, entitlement in law to benefits and actually receiving the benefits and being paid the benefits are two different issues. Yeah. So you can put it in paper in all the regulations, um, whether or not you get it is a different matter, and if you don't get it, you've got no recourse in a, in a, um, in a no-fault scheme. How, how we, you, we, we have had yeah. uh, a, a modified no-fault system since 1972 when Dave Barrett brought in um, the no-fault benefits. Um, every person who's in an accident today has an, um, a right or entitlement to no-fault benefits plus the right to a tort claim and uh, to seek full compensation. Okay, the
1: government has said that in your earlier point about if you don't like the settlement that you're offered, you don't have an opportunity to fight back. The, the government is saying that they, there is still an appeal a possibility to a civil tribunal or, or to this new fairness office that ICBC is setting up. Do you think
9: that's adequate? Not at all, and good luck with that. Uh, the Supreme Court of Canada has made it completely clear that there is very limited grounds for appeal from any administrative tribunal in this country.
1: Speaking to Matthew Fahey, he is a lawyer with the West Point Law Group. What do you think this will mean for people who are injured in auto
9: accidents, your clients? Well, um, you will not be adequately compensated. Uh, You're at that risk. It puts um, future drivers who are injured through the negligence of others at risk and with no recourse if you don't uh, agree or if ICBC is being unfair to you. Um, there's absolutely no recourse. I mean, I, 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 that's sort of overstating the point because there is that very limited appeal from the administrative tribunal to judicial review. But who's going to be able to well, pay for that? who's going to be able to pay for that?
1: How can you say though that the benefits are going to be inadequate for people who are injured when the government is saying we're dramatically increasing the benefits, including a maximum limit of seven point five million dollars? for medical and rehabilitation for people who suffer catastrophic injuries. I mean, that's a Okay, lot. well,
9: let's talk about that. We yeah. had um, TTD weekly indemnity pay- payments. Um, I think the number was $300 a week, max $1,200 a month. Um, last year, when they changed, they increased that, I think, to $750 a week. Well, if you're earning $5,000 a week, how does $750 uh, cover your mortgage payments and take care of yourself? Well, your
1: I get the government also saying today you can, you'll have an option to buy increased uh, coverage for income replacement <clears throat> coverage if you wanted, if you're a high-income earner.
9: Well, absolutely. You've always had that option, but where's the yeah. savings there? You've got your basic insurance for well, $2,000 or whatever, and now they're saying go buy insurance I, from I, an, from another company for another $1,000. Your, your coverage has just gone up.
1: I guess the savings are going to come from they don't have to pay you guys anymore, right? I mean, what's, what is this going to do to your business?
9: Well, Mike, I think you've just fallen prey to the straw man, lawyer is the problem argument. Um, ask yourself why is it that David E.B. and the NDP wants to take lawyers out of the equation? Well, that's simply so ICBC can have their way with the driving public when they're injured. How can you guys fight this? Do you you see any legal vulnerability here where
1: you can maybe fight this in court and have it overturned?
9: I do not. Um, Quebec brought the system in in the 60s, Ontario in the 70s, and there may well be, depending on what the legislation, how it reads... Uh, how it's fought, I think, is at the polls. This, uh, I think the change – I didn't listen to the uh, to the press conference today. I was in a meeting. But I think the um, May 1, 2021 is when um, all, the, all the rights of uh, anyone who's injured in an accident are basically dispensed with. Um, so two months later, there's an election, and that would be the way to fight it, I would think.
1: Okay, I got a feeling the government thinks this is going to be a, a good vote driver for them in, the, in an election, especially if they cut people's auto insurance rates by 20%. <clears throat>
9: well, that, that may be because the government, with bringing in pure no-fault, is basically um, limiting the rights of an unknown cohort. Um, this, is, this is the problem in this debate is no one expects to be in an accident, so and it's a minority of people who are, and those are the people who are really going to suffer under a system like this. So it looks attractive, and it's a great sales pitch. We're going to bring down rates, uh, Saskatchewan. I don't know the examples of the provinces you maybe used this morning, but maybe Saskatchewan and Manitoba, they're paying less. Yes, he used those but, examples, yeah. But yeah, uh, we'll be tied if you're in an accident, if you're in that minority and you're in the pure no-fault system. Matthew, thanks for coming in.
1: Thank you for having me. This is Mike Smith filling in for Simi as we continue to cover the big news in British Columbia today as the B.C. government announces a no-fault auto insurance system for british columbia that would kick in next year the government says they will save a lot of money uh, by doing this and they say that will allow them to reduce your insurance premiums and increase benefits for people injured in auto accidents it's all about lowering legal costs according to attorney general david eby here's what he said about that this morning
6: there's no question in my mind That the consequences and outcomes for people injured in car crashes have become secondary to the litigation process in our current system. Right now, if you're injured in a crash, the system pushes you to call your lawyer instead of your doctor. Now, ICBC is not blameless in this situation. But we need an insurance system that works for British Columbians and puts the recovery of those injured at the forefront. We also need an insurance system that's more affordable for British Columbians as a whole.
1: All right, Attorney General David Eby speaking this morning. Let's check in now with the president of the Trial Lawyers Association of B.C., John Rice. I'm very pleased he could make some time today. John, thank you for coming on.
4: Thanks, Michael, very much.
1: What's your reaction to this announcement from the government today?
4: Well, it's it's pretty stunning um, and disappointing. You know, when you stand back and look at what the government did in the spring of 2019, right? They introduced this massive sweep of legislative changes just a year ago. Uh, which they sold to the public as being a minor injury cap. That minor injury cap included brain injuries, depression, chronic pain, PTSD. So nine months into this new law, the government is in effect announcing that their entire policy over the last two years has failed. And this is also a broken promise to British Columbians. So the NDP campaigned on a promise to say no to no fault. And instead, what this legislation is going to do is it's taking away the rights of British Columbians to go to court and to get a fair settlement. And what I mean by that in particular is the government wants to focus the discussion on getting costs and legal costs and lawyers out of the system. What this really about is protecting ICBC and protecting ICBC's management. Because under no fault, and that's what no fault is, It means that people hurt with brain injuries, children with spinal cord injuries, orthopedic fractures, amputations, burns, they get nothing for their pain and suffering. And instead, in exchange for sacrificing that, not being made whole, they're now being told that they get to deal with ICBC in what they call a care model. They'll have to deal with ICBC indefinitely to trust in them to provide the care that ICBC deems necessary for these people. So this is about right. taking the rights of British Columbians, giving them nothing for their pain and suffering, and then expecting us to trust ICBC to get this right and to take care of us indefinitely. So this isn't really a care model. This is actually a don't care model. The only model this cares for is, is ICBC management. They're the ones that are going to profit from this. Okay. I mean, the government, the government, Mike, likes to say that this is a, the ICBC is a dumpster fire. Well, mm-hmm. that's a manufactured crisis that um, has gotten worse under this government's failed policies. But really what their proposal is here is to make a much, much bigger fire in a much bigger and more powerful ICBC.
1: Okay, when you say that it's a don't-care model and people won't get anything for their for their pain and suffering, the government, the way they're selling this is, yeah, you won't be able to hire a lawyer anymore, except in some limited circumstances, but we are going to take care of you with very generous uh, settlement bev- benefits and, and accident benefits. And the schedule of benefits that they release today include up to $7.5 million for medical and rehab in the case of someone who is a, a, a catastrophic and a very serious injury, they got all kinds of new benefit uh, c- coverages as, as well. Right. Extended, extended catastrophic benefits, travel right. and accommodation, income replacement, caregiver weekly indemnities, lump sum indemnities for students yes. who miss school. I mean, it goes on and on. This is attractive to a lot of people.
4: Well, I don't know if it's going to be attractive to people with brain injuries and serious injuries when they're told that under this new legislation, their claims are worth absolutely nothing from the perspective of compensating them for their pain and suffering. So the narrative that ICBC and the government want here is to blame lawyers and to offer this quote-unquote care model. It's going to oblige people that are hurt instead of getting lump sum damages to go to the doctor or the treater that they want or the physiotherapist that they want, they're going to get stuck with a work safe type scheme where they've Mm -hmm. got to deal with the CRT or ICBC or some ombudsman indefinitely. British Columbians who are hurt on our roads should be made whole for their pain and suffering and they should have the right to go to the doctors and the clinicians that they want. So this policy, the only real beneficiaries of this policy are going to, is going to be ICBC. Uh, the allegation that this is going to lead to long-term sustainable uh, reduction in rates is dubious. The jury is out on that, certainly a number of U.S. jurisdictions. But the, what the government is trying to avoid is the acknowledgement of a strategy that they have unpacked for two years now, has completely failed. And the government suggests that this most recent initiative will be deemed constitutional. Mike, as you know, this government has not been very successful in the realm of constitutional law for the last two years. Do you
1: you intend, speaking to to John Rice, he's the president of the Trial Lawyers Association, do you intend, therefore, to challenge uh, this no-fault insurance system in court
4: Well, we'll have to look at the legislation. This entire package was conducted in secret, right? This was introduced by ambush to the public, to the legal community, to the courts with no notice. And the government campaigned on a promise against no fault. So they don't have a mandate from the public now in a couple weeks to pass the most significant changes to our insurance scheme in our province's history. And to tell mothers and fathers whose children have brain injuries or amputations that their kids get nothing for pain and suffering in exchange for sacrificing that, they're going to have to trust an ICBC to care for them down the road.
1: John, how can you say that they can continue to say that they will get nothing for pain and suffering when the, when the government has released this this long uh, schedule of uh, accident benefits, including a lot of new categories for benefits, extended that's, catastrophic that's benefits? Care.
4: That's for care. Right. That's for all treatment. So under the common law, yeah. you're entitled to all your reasonable and medically justified treatments. So you get all the treatment that you need, all these things that ICBC is saying they're going to pay for now for the first time ever. But on top of that, you're compensated for your suffering, for what the person who injured you caused you, the harms and losses, the loss of the ability to walk, the loss of the ability to work. These things are are non-pecuniary damages. They're for your pain and suffering and your loss of enjoyment of life. This is legislation that values those losses as nothing.
1: Last question for you. The the government, though... Has, is saying that they've got the disability community largely on, on their side. I spoke earlier on the show today to Justina Lowe. She's the executive director of the Disability Alliance of BC, very large advocacy organization for disabled British Columbians, including people injured in auto accidents. And they like what they see. When they take a look down this uh, schedule of new uh, benefits for accident victims, they think that these are very generous, generous benefits and they're happy.
4: Right. So um, the government has, has announced this legislation in secret with no notice. But I think these organizations are going to have to talk to their members and see if they feel comfortable, people in wheelchairs, people with brain injuries, children that are harmed, amputations, chronic pain, psychiatric injuries, PTSD, whether they're comfortable committing their members to an insurance scheme that A, values their pain and suffering at nothing, and B, requires these people to trust ICBC to take care of them when most British Columbians have a different experience with ICBC. But now, after 30 years of an adversarial system, ICBC is now going to pivot to this care model. I think it is naive, to say the least.
1: Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Michael. Mike Smith in for Simi as we continue covering the big announcement today from the B.C. government of a no-fault auto insurance system. You just heard my interview there with John Rice. He's the president of the Trial Lawyers Association of B.C. This is the group of lawyers that the government's really going after here with this no-fault auto insurance system. They'll cut the lawyers out of the action here to a, a big degree. Uh, he's spitting mad there, not ruling out, uh, challenging this new no-fault insurance in court under constitutional grounds it was john rice president of the trial lawyers one of the things that he was saying is that this is a betrayal of people who are catastrophically injured or badly injured in an auto accident Uh, let's talk a little bit more about that i'm going to let's talk now to louise craig she is a rehab physiotherapist she's also a spokesperson with road bc which stands for rights over arbitrary decisions for british columbia Uh, That's a group that was opposed to the government's caps on uh, payouts for pain and suffering for minor injuries and auto accidents. I'm very pleased to welcome her. Hi, Louise. Oh, hi, Mike. Thanks a lot for coming on. What do you think about no-fault insurance in B.C.?
10: Well, as a care provider who works with injured British Columbians every day, I'm very concerned on their behalf that their access to care will be further limited with these changes.
1: How do you figure the the access to care will be limited? It sounds like the government's expanding and enhancing the care here.
10: It sounds like that, um, mm-hmm. but as a healthcare practitioner, the way that the government's presenting this as a care based model, I, I yeah. don't I don't believe that's accurate. Um, a true care based model puts the choice of how, when, and where, and for how long a person receives support and care in the hands of the injured person and their families, not in the hands of a massive bureaucracy such as icbc
1: so, so you think i mean in your experience with your patients do a lot of them have trouble dealing with icbc
10: um, well every patient that i see uh, is not an easy case as uh, ms bradstock uh, referred to in the press conference this morning so everyone that i see is, is a person that does not recover from their injuries and almost entirely they have difficulty accessing the care they need both the treatment the support in their home um, housekeeping f- support if they're uh, you know catastrophically injured so uh, yes
1: okay but when you take a look at the schedule of uh, accident benefits that the government's rolled out here today uh, up to seven point five million dollars is the maximum limit for medical and rehab uh, all kinds of new accident benefit categories travel and accommodation extended catastrophic benefits of up to ten thousand dollars a month for personal care Income replacement up to 90% of an inc- of your income if you're injured and off work, uh, lump sum indemnity for missing school if you're a student in either second post secondary or secondary school or even kindergarten to grade eight. I, I mean, it just goes on and on here about the death benefits, funeral expenses, uh, new counts, new uh, category of grief counseling benefits. I don't know. I mean, that sounds like a lot of care coverage there
10: well that that sounds like a lot of care coverage, yeah. which will be very expensive obviously um, so I wonder about the viability of, of maintaining those uh, uh, benefits over the longer term considering that ICBC requires uh, you know pr- price reductions or cost reductions in their operations yeah. but in my experience um, you know ICBC often underestimates the complexity of the injuries and the time that it takes for people to be treated Um right. Who's going to make those decisions? Uh, So now you're going to be reliant upon an ICBC adjuster for the remainder of your life if you're catastrophically injured to determine what care you will receive long term. So, what my uh, expertise is, um, I provide assessments to determine people's care needs, to determine their functional level. Who will decide that? I, you know, a family doctor is not equipped to decide that. It takes a whole day to do those assessments. So who will decide that? It certainly can't be an ICBC uh, adjudicator
1: okay, or so a there, So therefore, you think people should still have access to a lawyer if they if they want to get satisfaction. They're not happy. Take ICBC to court.
10: Yes, I do think no. that there should be um, the ability to do so, and I'm I'm surprised that that right has been taken away from British Columbians, uh, given the the high rates of insurance that we pay. Uh, some of the treatments that are being touted as um, extensions of treatment should never have not been part of what your what your insurance coverage would would uh, entail, anyways. So the fact that uh, the the Physiotherapy Association President Christine Bradstock stated a very simplistic case where someone was injured, sought physiotherapy treatment and recovered. That's true. That already occurs. That occurs in 85% of cases. But the 15% of those cases where the person does not recover and it's a complex injury, how does who's going to determine um, what you're going to be provided with in the long term? And I i don't think british Columbians have any reason to trust that icbc will make those decisions fairly and, and equitably for them
1: louise craig thank you very much for coming on today you're welcome as we continue talking about the big story of the day the government announcing no fault auto insurance for british columbia so in most cases in an auto accident you would not be allowed to hire a lawyer and sue ICBC in court to try and get more money. Some limited exceptions there. So if there's an accident involving criminal behavior by an fault driver, notably drunk driving or dangerous driving, you would still have access to the courts, hire a lawyer and go to court. All the other cases, though, are most of them. There Another exception would be if uh, there's negligence in a car design. So if a car malfunctions and it's the fault of an auto body shop, You could still sue then, but otherwise, the lawyers get cut out of the mix here, and the government says it's going to save you a lot of money. They will reduce your ICBC premiums by an average of 20% next year. Your rate hike this year, 0%. They say ICBC rates frozen this year down 20% next year almost sounds too good to be true doesn't it but that's what the government is selling you today let's talk more about it now with a couple of great guests on our panel Aaron Sutherland in studio he is the vice president pacific for the insurance bureau of canada representing the private insurance companies Aaron thanks for coming in thanks for having me today also in the studio is David Black he's the president of the move up union they represent workers at ICBC David thank you for coming in thanks very much for having me Mike Thanks, guys. Aaron, let me go to you first. Do you represent the private insurance companies here in Canada? What do you think about no-fault? Do you guys like it, not like it? What's your thoughts? Well, I think just at a high level, no-fault
11: doesn't mean no choice. Uh, so if you look across Canada, uh, we have three provinces that have no-fault auto insurance, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Quebec. Uh, and when you What look about
1: at the, Ontario? Don't they have it too?
11: Uh, they have a sort of hybrid model, uh, but okay. if you want to talk more pure no-fault. Uh, and if you look at the price drivers are paying, they're paying By far less in Quebec than anywhere else in this country. And in Quebec, no fault is delivered by government, but the insurance for your car itself is delivered by the private sector. Drivers can shop around to make sure they're getting the best deal possible. Uh, There's no reason we shouldn't have that here in BC as well.
1: So you would still campaign for private insurance options here in BC, even with no-fault insurance?
11: Well, I think government just announced last week that the public's lost trust in their Crown Auto Insurer. Uh, And I think given that, it only makes sense that perhaps we need to start looking outside of ICBC, inviting other insurers here into this province uh, to give us a choice
1: and to make sure we're getting the best bang for our buck. David Black, he's the president of the union at ICBC. David, what do you think of No Fault?
12: Well, I think that there's a, a lot of things that have to come out from this. For us, we're concerned about uh, how the motoring public's going to be uh, impacted by this. Uh, certainly, uh, like everybody else in BC, I've been hearing that people feel like they've been paying too much for their auto insurance. Uh, and so this seems to uh, be a path to give uh, motorists relief on that. That's a good thing, uh, but we want to make sure that those services that are promised are actually delivered. We want to make sure that our members, who are the people who will be delivering those services, have the resources to do that properly, so that the the public and the motoring public don't feel left out after this is implemented.
1: Do, do you think okay, those are some interesting points, David? When you talk about your your concerns for um, on the impact of the motoring public, what are your specific concerns there well people are uh want to make sure that a couple of things happen when they're involved in a car
12: accident one they want to make sure their car gets fixed properly uh and so we want to make sure that uh that icbc is making sure that that happens but if someone is unfortunate enough to be injured in a crash we want to make sure that they're uh they've got the care that they need uh the announcement this morning seemed to talk about uh, enormously increased levels of care uh, for people injured in car accidents, so uh, that's a good thing. But we have to make sure that ICBC is actually uh, uh, able to lo- to deliver on that promise. Making sure that they are able to deliver on that promise means that they have properly trained staff, that they have enough staff, and that uh, people get the services that, that they uh, have paid for when they need them.
1: You mean there might have to hire more staff at ICBC uh, to deliver I, all this? I think that's premature at this point,
12: but uh, uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on that, of course, because I think part of the problem problem uh, that's gone here and why some of the people have uh, lot or a lot of the people have lost trust in ICBC is when they've had an accident they can't get an adjuster on the phone and that's because there hasn't been enough of them for a long time so uh, we want to make sure that uh, if someone's injured in a car accident and they're entitled to benefits there's someone there to deliver those benefits for them okay. and that hasn't always been the case in the past
1: Aaron Sutherland you represent the private insurance companies you just heard the the president of the union over there at ICBC saying maybe they're going to need more staff Don't they got enough staff over there at ICBC?
11: Well, look, I I think if if the customers are feeling underserved uh, by ICBC, I think the best thing we can do is give them a choice. Let them shop around. If they don't like the quality of service that ICBC is delivering, whether it's under the current model uh, or under a future no-fault, let's give them a choice. Let's let them take their business elsewhere, see see if there's another insurer that can come to British Columbia uh, and provide the same level of coverage for less.
1: Do you What do you think about the, the overall announcement here that sounds like you heard David Eby at some po- a couple of points today saying it almost sounds too good to be true. And it, it almost does, because when you talk about we are going to massively increase the coverage and care for people who are injured in auto accidents up to seven and a half million dollars. And at the same time, we're going to cut your insurance rates by 20 percent. I don't know is the math make sense to you or is this pie in the sky stuff or does it or does it add up so Aaron.
11: yeah so I think you know the, the proof will be in the pudding and that's what we really gonna have to wait and see um you know we want to make sure that from a cost perspective we haven't just shifted from you know the current challenges in the legal cost to suddenly just just you know upping accident benefits to such a degree uh, that you know we don't see prices ultimately come down and it sounds like it's going to take a while till we see those those ultimate price savings uh, we want to make sure customers are getting the best coverage possible, getting those benefits to make sure that they're, you know, we're able to recover and recover fully following auto accidents. Yeah. But we also want to make sure that auto insurance is affordable over the longer term. And and I think while today's announcement uh, sounds really good, perhaps too good to believe, uh, it's going to be some time uh, before we ultimately see those savings or see if those savings are going to last over the long okay. term and, and not simply until the next election.
1: Oh, okay, David Black, uh, Aaron has said a couple of times that he thinks that British Columbians deserve more choice in auto insurance. He'd like to see more private sector involvement in auto insurance and ICBC compete against private insurance companies for basic auto insurance. What do you say to that? Well, uh, right now, British Columbians can choose private auto
12: insurance and their optional insurance coverage. And most British Columbians find that that's not going to save the money or, or I just got a tweet from a guy who, told, uh, who was told that his broker said no one will insure him. So, uh, I don't think that's going to change into this model, the, the model that Darren's talking about in Quebec, where uh, uh, private auto insurers look after the car, basically. Uh, if people wanted to buy their collision coverage and their comprehensive coverage from or ex- any uh, third-party liability, they can do that today. So I don't think that that's going to change in this. So we do have competition now. Uh, I think that the uh, the idea about universal comprehensive uh, uh, coverage from dollar one for most people means that we don't have uninsured drivers on the road. Uh, we've got uh, uh, um, an agency that is able to uh, uh, look after road safety initiatives for the for uh, in the interest of the on the driving public and we don't want to lose that at the same time uh, we have competition now that should
11: be allowed to continue Aaron I'm I'm glad to hear you agree there should be competition in optional auto insurance uh, because unfortunately currently other than ICBC, no company has the tools they need uh, to be able to come here uh, and provide it and give drivers a choice. ICBC controls all of the data on auto insurance in this province. They, controls, they control all of your records with regards to your, your driving history, your claims, your infractions. Those are key pieces of information that companies need to know if you're a good driver, if you're a bad driver, and how they should price your product. And unfortunately, ICBC's refusal uh, to share that information means other companies simply aren't come, aren't able to come here to give drivers a choice that they, they, they so rightfully deserve.
12: What do you say to that, David? Well, I'd come back to Aaron's earlier point, is that the driving public, what they want is they want to get make sure that they're insured properly at the lowest possible price. So yes, ICBC could collect this information and then share people's, essentially, private personal information with uh, private companies, but there's a cost to that and there's a a cost to uh, having that all uh, shared with the private auto insurers and that's going to drive up everybody's insurance. What we know is that... Where there's public auto insurance, it's cheaper than the private options that are available. So uh, if people want to choose to pay extra for that choice, they have that choice now, and I don't think that should change.
1: Okay, uh, probably Aaron's dying to respond today. We got our ICBC panel assembled. Aaron Sutherland, he represents the private insurance companies. David Block. He's the president of the union at ICBC. Your calls to them, 604-280-9898 is the number, star 9898 on your cell. Noah in North Van, hi.
9: Hey, how's it going? Good. So I just want to call out that guy that's supporting the ICBC on the fact that you're paying more for private insurance. I literally just renewed my insurance and switched to private because ICBC wanted to charge me $1,600 a year for my collision. And the private, all the, all, everything that's involved in that, that optional side. Um, I decided to go with Bel Air, and I'm not afraid to say their name because I recommend anybody to go with them. Um, they make you use an app but I pay $900 for the exact same coverage
1: wow. on an
9: annual basis. And I don't understand how ICBC yeah. is able to charge $700 more for the exact same coverage that someone else is able to charge 900 for.
12: David, what do you it's say 16. to me? Yeah, Black. so, so uh, some people will save money with uh, uh, private insurance. That's why they do have a segment of the current market. Uh, I'm not sure uh, about the apples-to-apples apples comparison that Noah's talking about, but good for you, Noah, for shopping around and get that. I don't begrudge anyone shopping around. Insurance is a lot of money. And if uh, if uh, some people uh, think they can save some more money, then they should go ahead and do that. But for the the vast majority of British Columbians, uh, they would not be saving money uh, through private insurance. Otherwise, people would be well, doing it already. And, uh, and getting rid of ICBC would just make that problem worse.
1: Well, of course, uh, private insurance can only compete on the optional in- insurance side. What about the basic insurance product that everyone's legally required to buy? Do you think ICBC bc should compete against private companies for basic auto insurance
12: no and i talked a little bit earlier about why uh why i don't think that's a good idea because there's a lot of things that uh, icbc can do as the universal compulsory insurer in in bc that uh, private insurers can't do for instance we know uh, that ceos of private insurance companies in alberta are saying that up to 40 percent of drivers are driving around without insurance That just doesn't happen in BC. Almost everybody has got insurance because of that public model. So you have to be careful about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I think that the balance that we have now where people can compete and shop around on their optional insurance, meanwhile making sure that everybody, uh, if someone hits you, you you can be relatively assured that they've got some
1: insurance. Aaron, what do you say at all that? Uh,
11: One, I think to suggest that in other provinces you can't get coverage is just frankly incorrect and suggest you can't get mandatory coverage. Uh, it's just outright wrong. In every province in this country, you must purchase auto insurance, and regardless who sells it to you, it must be sold. And where the private sector competes, government mandates that they sell it to one and all. And so the, the CEO you're okay. referring to is not the CEO of an insurance company. He's the CEO of a broker. Um, there's a big difference there. And two, just with regards to, to Noah's comments, I think it's great that he's able to shop around to find those savings, and then he could do it on an app because that speaks to a big failure of ICBC's monopoly is their inability to innovate, to find efficiencies, and to find savings for their customers. Okay. Uh, Bel Air does it on an app. ICBC still can't figure out how to sell insurance online.
1: Let's go to John in Richmond. Hey, John. Hey
11: there. You Hi. know, I think ICBC is a monopoly that Christopher Columbus didn't set sail in Mayflower for to get
3: dictated to. But the point I'm going to make here: I got a 350cc street legal motorcycle for trail riding. I pay ICBC the best discounted liability price of five fifty. You got a buddy in Bellingham has the exact same bike. He pays $65 a year for full coverage. His private insurance okay. company takes into account it's a recreational vehicle, it's used part-time, it's not used on the interstate for commuting, blah blah blah, but ICBC charges me full pop for everything I own including the RV and the other high performance street motorcycle. I can only ride or drive one thing at a time. ICBC has no competition, And that's why they get away with this. We need competition. Thank
1: you. David Block, what do you say to him?
12: Well, you get into a real quagmire when you start comparing across jurisdictions. uh, But I want to go back to... uh, Aaron's earlier comment about ICBC not innovating enough. I, I would agree with him, actually. Uh, I think that there's a lot more that ICBC could do uh, to serve the, the public, the motoring public and the customers who pay their insurance. And I would encourage ICBC to, to he- listen to the public, listen to the customers and do that.
1: What do you think would be job job one if they're going to innovate? What would you do?
12: Well, I, I watched the press conference from the Premier and the Minister of the, the Attorney General this morning and I think that the first thing is trust. Uh, they They promised some things this morning. And I think it's important that they follow through and that British Columbians see that they're delivering on that promise, both in terms of uh, lower insurance rates and in terms of better services. Right. So uh, that's that's the first thing. you got to you got to uh, not just say things. you right. got to do what you say.
1: We'll squeeze in one more call. David in Vancouver. Hi.
12: Oh, hi, Mike. Yeah, I, I completely disagree with the no fault uh, uh,
10: insurance. I, I, I think you're just going to you know, let the fox guard in the hands out. Oh. And 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 ICBC, I've dealt with ICBC in the, in the past. My accident was actually wanted to be pushed pushed aside by only fourteen thousand dollars, and I knew that I'm going to go for surgery. ICBC insists that the only thing that they're going to give me at the end of my settlement, it was one hundred thirty-six thousand dollars. So go okay. figure. Whoever well, uh, you know, all those people phone in and agree to this, yeah. they have not dealt with ICBC yet. They do okay. not know what these people are like.
1: David, thanks for the call. We just got 30 seconds right. left, sadly, Aaron. But, you know, I guess, like you said, the proof will be in the pudding here. The ICBC making some big promises today. We'll see if they can deliver. Yeah, I agree. And I, I do think
11: there's something to be said that having just last week and week announced and acknowledged that the public has lost trust and faith in ICBC. Yeah. Today, government eliminated anyone's ability to seek legal recourse uh, when they okay. disagree with ICBC's decisions with regards to their, to, to their recovery okay. process. Um, I, I think that should be concerning for everyone.
1: Guys, thanks to both of you for coming in. I appreciate it. That's Aaron Sutherland, Insurance Bureau Canada. David Black, he's the president of Move Up. That is the union at ICBC. Mike Smith in for Simi. What a day it's been on the ICBC file with the government making that huge announcement today. The British Columbia will move to a no-fault auto insurance system. Probably the biggest changes ever announced at ICBC since it was set up in the 1970s by the NDP government at the time the government uh, selling this to the public today saying that they will dramatically increase coverage for people who are injured in auto accidents you won't be able to hire a lawyer in most cases but with the money that they save from cutting the lawyers out here the government says they're going to lower your auto insurance premiums by an average of 20 percent next year have a listen to this premier john horgan
7: british Columbians put their trust in successive governments to ensure that that trust between the drivers of British Columbia and the Insurance Corporation of BC served the people of this province. Unfortunately, the last government failed to deliver on that trust. They tried initially to privatize the company. And so over time, from that point to today, the former government did everything it could to make it more difficult for the public to feel confident that ICBC was providing the services that they need. Although privatization did not happen, but we hear that from the leader of the opposition today. After 16 years of running the company as a bank machine for his government, he now wants to talk about just handing it back to the private sector. If that happens, driver premiums would continue to go up, and there's no indication that there would be any better care for people.
1: All right, NDP Premier John Horgan taking some shots at the former Liberal government there. Let's check in with the current Liberal leader now, Andrew Wilkinson. He's the leader of the opposition. Very pleased to welcome him back. Hi. Thanks, Mike. How are you? I'm good. Thanks a lot for doing this. Are you going to support this no-fault auto insurance in B.C.?
5: Well, there's a trust gap here. You know, the NDP for the last three years were adamant. They insisted they would never introduce no fault, and here they've completely reversed themselves. But that's the way the world works. We'll see if we can continue to trust them. I think the underlying concern is about trust in ICBC because what John Horgan is now saying is if you have a significant injury, you will have to work with ICBC for the rest of your life. They'll be care managers. They will manage everything that you do, And you won't get a lump sum of money where you can manage your own life. You're going to have to go back again and again and again and again to case managers at ICBC. They're abolishing uh, the claim you have now for pain and suffering. They will have, as every no-fault system has, and it's covered on page 1415 of their document, what's known as a meat chart. And it depends on your degree of permanent impairment. So if you're going to get over your injury in a year or two, you get nothing. And that's where the trust factor comes in here, Mike. We've all had our fingers burnt by ICBC over the years. And I think when we hear from John Horgan that don't worry, your premiums are going to go down, but wait for it after the next election. So if we're looking for a way to reduce costs, why aren't our premiums going down right away? And it's partly because there'll be huge transitional costs going from the current system to the new system. And secondly, they're making this a political trick.
1: OK, presumably, as I heard it, the government was talking about an average 20 percent decrease in your auto insurance premiums next year. And the, the, the election is scheduled, not scheduled to the fall of next year. So wouldn't we start to see these rate cuts before an election?
5: Oh, you can bet your bottom dollar the NDP will use this as an election trick. The obvious question, Mike, is if they're going to save a billion dollars a year in lawyer fees right now, why aren't we getting it? why is ICBC keeping it and why are they waiting till the even of election to dangle it out in front of people saying if you vote for the NDP you'll save some money we actually are the premium payers we're the people who pay ICBC it's a government monopoly so why aren't we getting the benefit of this and again this comes back to the right. trust issue Mike and there's a really important point here in Saskatchewan they have a combined system you have no fault which is the default system Or you can choose to go for a system where you would receive a lump sum if you have any significant injury. You have a choice. And why can't we have that in British Columbia? Because the premiums are exactly the same for both systems in Saskatchewan.
1: Do you think people injured in auto crashes should still have the right to hire a lawyer and go to court?
5: I think they should have the choice, just like they do in Saskatchewan. The system has been in place since it was introduced by Roy Romano of the NDP in 1995. It works pretty well. So why are we being denied the choice? We're not being given any discretion about whether we want to deal with ICBC. We're being told you have no choice. You have to go with ICBC. And don't worry. If you have a shattered arm or lose a part of your leg, don't worry. You'll have to deal with them every two weeks the rest of your life. But ICBC will be good to you.
1: Yeah, in Saskatchewan, speaking of choice, in Saskatchewan, as I understand the system there, they've got kind of a hybrid system. So you can go with a, a no-fault insurance plan, or you can opt to pay for a, a tort model plan where you could hire a lawyer and go to court and sue, typically more expensive for the coverage to hire a, with the option to hire a lawyer, but people are given that choice. So you're, you're saying that ICBC should offer the two products?
5: Well, Mike, I checked today with the highest authorities in Saskatchewan and they confirmed that the premiums are identical. Oh. You get to choose. And this comes back to the trust question. We've heard song and dance about ICBC from David Eby. He keeps going to tinker with it, the courts keep slapping him down. Now he's come up with his master plan. And the query is, do you trust ICBC? Do you trust David Eby and John Horgan to get this right? Because they're telling you, you won't see any benefit at all from this until after the next election.
1: Okay, okay. aren't you concerned about being perceived as being on the side of these lawyers that are going around and uh, making so much money off of ICBC and, these, and the, the saturation advertising they do? Don't call ICBC, call me, call me first, call your lawyer first. Are you concerned that you're going to be seen as on on the side of these lawyers? Aren't aren't you a former personal injury lawyer yourself? No,
5: I'm not at all concerned about being on the side of the lawyers because we're on the side of the people who are paying the premiums and the people who are getting the benefits. We Mm. are saying, what's wrong with the Saskatchewan model? Where it defaults to no fault, but you have a choice. And the issue about no fault is you're being asked to trust ICBC to manage your life forever if you have an injury You'll get nothing for pain and suffering. And people might want to have the option. Do we have so little respect for British Columbians that we think that they don't have the ability to make those decisions themselves? And yet here we have David Eby and John Horgan saying, you won't see a scrap of benefit till after the next election, but you can trust them.
1: Okay. Are you a former personal injury lawyer yourself? I did defense
5: work when doctors got sued which is a cold, different kettle of fish from ICBC. Work.
1: Okay, so you never, you never injured people in, injured in car accidents?
5: No, I didn't deal with car accidents.
1: O- okay, do you think this is a big election issue going forward, and, and what about the, the privatization part? Would, would you prefer to see privatization of ICBC or requiring ICBC to compete against private companies?
5: Well, at the start of this interview, you paid a whole bunch of propaganda from John Horgan pretending that, uh, to put words in my mouth, most of which was just outright lies. Let's get this straight. We have said for two years now, there needs to be competition for auto insurance. People talk about privatization. If somebody wants to try and sell ICBC, I don't know who's going to buy it when it loses a billion dollars a year. So what we're left with now is John Horgan and the NDP saying they have the magic formula. You can trust them. You can trust ICBC. You won't see a single penny of benefit till after the next election, but it's going to be okay. You can trust ICBC and John Horgan. We say to people of British Columbia, you deserve a choice just like you've got in Saskatchewan.
9: No fault may be viable, but on
5: the other hand, you could choose the other one, and the premium would be exactly the same.
1: Okay, a lot of people are listening to you right now because my, my phone is buzzing beside me with people saying, hang on a second here. I just heard Wilkinson say that it's the same price in Saskatchewan for no fault and for and for the tort lawyer system as well. Correct. Well, people are people pushing back on that, saying, well, no, 98% of customers in Saskatchewan choose the no-fault option because it's but cheaper. But
5: the price is the same, Mike.
1: Really? Okay. Okay.
5: We'll I verified check. that two hours ago.
1: We'll, we'll check that. Are you going to be voting against this legislation and when it comes in front of the House?
5: Well, the trick here is we've got a 22-page document that's full of ambiguities. So we will be chewing hard on this to make sure the British Columbians have a credible alternative here. And what we're seeing from the NDP is don't ask too many questions, trust ICBC, trust John Horgan, and you won't see any benefits or changes until after the election. And if you hear that uh, recipe from the NDP, and if you're me or a lot of your listeners, you get really skeptical really fast.
1: Thanks for coming on. Thanks very much, Mike.